This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. As we get closer to Remembrance Day this week, we want to make sure that we tell those important stories about the history of Canada and its people, people who have fought for it. This morning, we introduce you to the story of James Cleland Richardson. And to tell that story, we're going to get some help. We're joined by Craig Baird, host of the podcast Canada History X. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thank you. I love this story because you managed to find the stories about people that sometimes maybe they've forgotten or, or, or the little known stories. This is one of them. So who is James Cleland Richardson? Well, James Cleland Richardson was born in Scotland on November 25th, 1895, and sometime between 1911 and 1913, he actually moved to Canada, where he settled in Vancouver and then Chilliwack, where his father was the chief of police. And while working at a factory at False Creek, he actually saved a young man from drowning, which kind of shows the type of person that he was. And then on September 23rd, 1914, he enlisted as a piper with the 72nd Seaforth Highlanders of Canada and made his way to France on February 9th, 1915. But the crux of the story that we're talking about is when he fought at the Battle of Anchor Heights on October 8th, 1916. And he'd already seen a lot of battle. He was at the Second Battle of Yeep and the Battle of Kitchener's Wood. Now, at this battle, initially, he was going to be left behind because he was a piper and his commander didn't think that a piper was needed for a night assault. But James begged to participate and was allowed to do so. So as his battalion went into battle and reached the wire that was not cut, the Germans started to attack and Richardson decided to march in front of his comrades, playing his bagpipes as machine gun fire was directed at him, which honestly is the most metal thing I can think a person can do. (laughs) I can't even believe this because when I realized this is what we were going to be talking about, I, I did some research on this. So these were actually roles in World War One. Canadian pipers. They were soldiers who played the bagpipes as they marched the troops to the front. Like that's that's Absolutely. unbelievable. It is. You have to have nerves of steel to do that because you don't have, I mean, you might have a sidearm with you, but you don't really have much in the way of protection and you're playing the bagpipes no. and everybody knows where you are. So it is definitely very badass. And uh, amazingly, he wasn't actually hit. And what he did he galvanized the men with him who rushed forward and they were successful in their attack and then later that day he realized he had left his bagpipes in no man's land after setting them down to help evacuate wounded soldiers so he went back to retrieve him but unfortunately he was never seen again oh no And so he was awarded the Victoria Cross for his actions because it took a great amount of bravery what he did and it helped uh, make the mission successful. But the really interesting story is about the bagpipes because they were believed to be lost forever. But in 2002, which was about nine decades after the battle, his bagpipes were found. And it was believed they were lost in the mud of the Somme, but they actually turned up at a prep school school in Perthshire, Scotland. So Major Edward Bate had found the bagpipes in 1917 and he brought them home after the war. Now he was a teacher at that school and he put them on display and the bagpipes just sat there unidentified for decades but then a pipe major with the canadian scottish regiment named roger mcguire who responded to an internet posting identified the bagpipes based on the tartan on them and then with the help of the canadian club he went to scotland and was able to identify the bagpipes in person and then somebody an anonymous do- 
owner then bought the bagpipes on behalf of the citizens of Canada, and on November 8, 2006, the bagpipes were repatriated to Canada and placed in the British Columbia Legislature, where they are still on display. And as for Richard Sin's Victoria Cross, that's on display at the Canadian War Museum. I just saw these bagpipes, and I had no idea. <laughs> like, I saw them in passing and wasn't able to stop and see them, but now this makes perfect sense. This is an amazing story that they could have sat there for so many decades, Craig, and people didn't realize. But I guess that that's the way it went in war, right? You saw something lying there. You did, you, how were you supposed to find out what the story was back then? Exactly. There were just bagpipes sitting there. And obviously, he liked how they looked or, you know, felt there'd be kind of, I don't want to say a souvenir, but something, you know, to bring back from from the war. So he, he picked them up like anybody would. Obviously, Richardson's body was probably nowhere around there. And then these things sat there for, for decades, you know, generations of children walking past these bagpipes, not realizing they belonged to somebody who was awarded the Victoria Cross. That is phenomenal that he was awarded the Victoria Cross for this. The uh, the only Canadian piper to be awarded the Victoria Cross for bravery and action there. Uh, just going back to the idea of being a piper, though, like your, your whole goal is to get troops geared up to get into battle and to make them feel that adrenaline and go and fight. But just the amount of bravery it would take to do that job, Craig, isn't that amazing? It really is. I mean, you're up there and essentially saying to the Germans, hey, look at me, you know, I'm making a lot of noise. Oh, right and listen here. to me. Yeah, here I am. Yeah, exactly. And your, your, your whole role is to get everybody fired up. So the Germans are going to target you specifically. And the fact that he wasn't wounded uh, initially is amazing. And that kind of makes the whole going back to get his bagpipes and dying uh, in the process even more tragic because he had survived, you know, heavy gunfire just a few hours earlier. What a life. And so there were numerous pipers in World War I, weren't there? There were, yeah. It was a very common position. Obviously, it, it faded away after the First World War. But, you know, it was an important position because it was something that kind of kept morale up, kept people, uh, you know, interested in or not interested, but, you know, ready to, to fight. And uh, I think it was just an amazing position. Obviously, something we don't have anymore, but... Yeah, no kidding. So have you also found, though, Craig, when you do some research, I know you look for stories everywhere, but especially stories about the First World War, are they easier to find now? Because I feel like a lot more information has been digitized. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you have newspapers.com where you can read, you know, the actual stories of people going overseas or being reported missing. You have the Virtual War Memorial, which has every person who fought for Canada and died, and it has pictures of them and things like that. It is much easier to find the stories of these people than it was even 10, 10 15 years ago. And even for you, because I know with Remembrance Day coming, you're going to be telling a lot of these stories too. Is it? Do you still go digging because you think there are so many stories about Canadians that need to be told? Oh, absolutely. There's so many interesting stories. I mean, from the, the Boer War all the way to Korea and beyond, there's really interesting stories of people who, who gave their lives or were b very brave in what they did and, uh, you know, fought for Canada. And so it's I really like sharing those stories because people really seem to enjoy them, uh, especially learning about our history and, and people like Richardson. And now with Mr. Richardson, there's a, there, is there a statue of him somewhere? Uh, I believe that there is, I don't think there is a statue. He's got a paving stone in Scotland and he's got his stuff on display. Actually, no, there is a statue. Uh, it's been on display at the Chilliwack Museum and Archives in Chilliwack since 2003. Oh, right. Okay, there you go. People can go check that out this weekend. That's great. Uh, Craig, thank you so much for telling us about it. Oh, thank you. 
That is Craig Baird. Check out his podcast. He is host of Canada History X as an EHX, talking about great stories from Canadian history. This is such a good one. James Cleland Richardson, a piper from the First World War. And yes, just looking this up, Craig's absolutely right. There is a statue, a bronze statue of Mr. Richardson playing the bagpipes. It was put up in Chilliwack back in 2003. You can see that in Chilliwack and the bagpipes now have a permanent home in the BC legislature too. What a story he had. Just one of the amazing stories that we're going to hear leading up to Remembrance Day as well.